0: Hi, I'm Clem Alou, and welcome to the third season of Just Sustainability. Folks often ask me what I enjoy most about creating the Just Sustainability podcast. My answer to that question is that I have lots of friends and colleagues who are very smart, work on really cool things, and I'm constantly curious as to what they think about but I'm a little worried that they would find my questions awkward or annoying if I were to constantly pester them about their deepest thoughts. Having a podcast gives me an excuse to ask those questions in a way that isn't awkward or weird. The next couple episodes are perfect examples of me making the most out of the excuse provided by this podcast to pick someone's brain in a socially acceptable way. Dr. Liz Thompson is a disability study scholar and the Interim Associate Vice Chancellor for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at UMN Morris, As folks who understand the organizational hierarchies of universities probably realize, that means Liz is my direct supervisor. Normally, one doesn't get to take an hour and a half of one's boss's time to grill them on how they conceptualize disability and how their scholarship about disabilities and how institutions of higher education create spaces for disabled folks has shaped how they think about place. So I'm particularly excited to speak with Liz for the next few episodes. Anyhow, enough stage setting. Here's how Liz describes themselves. Who's Liz Thompson? in the words of Liz Thompson.
1: (laughs) Uh,
2: Wow. Um, You and my therapist would like to know. Um, (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah. You know, I actually, I, uh, yeah, I know. Right. Like Liz Thompson. Um, Mm -hmm. I also, you know, especially after finishing the dissertation and stuff and also other, but I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah Liz Thompson and I've also been like Elizabeth on Thompson and I've been Liz on Thompson <laughs> and so um yeah my full name is Elizabeth on Thompson and on is uh a and h and it's mm-hmm. uh, Vietnamese. I honestly do not remember and know how my mom uh how ma named that um yeah but I know that I've lately, well, maybe not lately. I'd say the past, like
1: Uh
2: 10 years been more intentionally using my middle name because in so many, so many spaces, you know, they read off Elizabeth Thompson or Liz Thompson. And it's just so clear that like they were expecting a white person. (laughs) And, um, it's so, yeah, it's so odd. And so, um, but yeah, so I would say um I am um well, I am I'm bi and queer. Mm-hmm. Um I identify as gender nonconforming. I'm a Vietnamese mm-hmm. adoptee from the the Vietnam or American war, however mm-hmm. you would um say it. Um I was born in saigon vietnam which i intentionally use saigon uh, okay. instead of ho chi minh just because that was what it was called uh when i was right. there and born and i also do think it has some i mean at least for me like it does have some like political and mm-hmm. emotional feelings towards like saigon differently mm-hmm. than than ho chi minh city mm-hmm. um I've also really realized lately that I like to learn, like okay. even when I really do not understand what I'm learning. So, you know, like <laughs> I've gone to like some students, uh, senior Sims and they've been science oriented or computer science oriented. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm going to, you know, support the students, but also like, I need to also get out of my comfort zone and, typically I will just really try and find at least one way to connect to the material. And I also, I think along with, li- you know, really liking to learn and I guess mm-hmm. being curious is, is also asking questions. Okay. And so I always try and ask at least one question. Mm-hmm. Um, when I go to things and what else? Um, I also, I, I think I'm a shy extrovert. Okay. I do like to, which I've seen, actually, I've seen the term, I think, ambivert or something. Okay. I'm like ambidextrous. Yeah. Um, and, but I think I'm a shy extrovert. So I definitely know that I get energy from people, from being yeah. around people. I really do like community. Um and, you know, even if it is virtual, I mean, I know we've all had to adapt and I definitely have had to adapt, but, um, even virtual, you know, obviously it's, it's, it's not the same and, you know, how could it be, but, um, even in a virtual space, mm-hmm. um, I think that that works. Um, and yeah. And so I think even if I'm in a group of people or a mm-hmm. big group of people, you know, I might not be the the loudest person in the room,
0: mm-hmm. but.
2: Um, I am thinking things over and trying to connect with people, trying to connect with whatever the topic is, and uh, yeah, I think I, I I think I only realized that that maybe that's also why I really do like working in higher education
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, because you know it's at a university space, and I know that the university and higher ed isn't the only kind of space for like curiosity and intellectual growth, but it's one of the top five, I think.
0: (laughs) I think that's correct. Yeah. No, no, I think it's certainly the case. Uh, Yeah. It's interesting, right? The idea of being a shy extrovert. Because if I think if I was thinking of myself in like similar terms, I would think I'm a chatty introvert, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm inclined to just sort of like, kind of hide in the corner somewhere dark where like away from folks. But like when I am around folks, I I do feel like I actually talk perhaps too much and I always Mm -hmm. need to think to like, Oh, I should give space for other people to talk. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's interesting that uh, we're sort of uh, mirror each other that way. I suppose it it, it works for like our office, right? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: On the day that I recorded with Liz must've been in a, let's get down to business sort of mood because as soon as they finished introducing themselves, I immediately launched into asking them about how they would define disabilities for folks who think a lot about equity, but who might not be well-versed in disability studies. Here's what they said. I actually think disability is one area that, I guess, doesn't get spoken about enough uh, in sustainability work that's like kind of equity-focused, right? So I think it's increasingly the case that folks who are working on sustainability are recognizing that equity and social justice are important, but mm-hmm. I, I think people... Certainly recognize that we need to address issues about race, issues of indigeneity, and issues when it comes to, like, gender and sexuality. But I feel like people haven't talked about disability as much. And I'm not sure that the folks who listen to this necessarily have a good understanding of disability. So could you say a little bit about, like— you know, how you think about disability and how it might be useful for, you know, who folks who are concerned about equity, but maybe not know a ton about disability, how they might better conceptualize it.
2: Yeah. And I I do identify as disabled um, mm-hmm. with apparent and non-apparent disabilities. And so, um, you know, and it's been over 20 years and with, um, around like mental health and then only in the past three years with more, uh, symptoms from an autoimmune disease, Mm -hmm. um, that are more physical then. And so, yeah, I think, I think you're right. Um, although then when I read articles that are from like the 1990s around disability and disability being inserted more in the diversity, equity and inclusion landscape, I'm like, this is from 1990. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so you know, so it's so cool. I need. I still need to kind of reach out to some some folks who have been, you know, writing about this for over 20 years. Right. And and only now, I think there there is I think more of a consciousness, you know, collective consciousness, maybe um, more, but mm-hmm. still not as much, right? Like as no. as needed. So. Um, yeah, so when I think about disability, you know, um, so on the personal side, I think about it as uh, another really equal and, and needing attention and affirmation to my other different intersecting identities. And so, um, sure, it might show up in different ways um, similar but different to, you know, race, ethnicity, gender identity, sexual orientation, mm-hmm. class. Um, and it also, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a it's, it's like own thing too. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm really open to, to talking about like major depression and OCD and self harm and, mm-hmm. and hospitalization. Um, and then now too, with more, uh, the, the physical stuff, um, but yet and I don't like I don't think I've ever felt shame or um around it. Mm-hmm. Um but it also still yeah, it still feels different than than other identities. And so right. um so thinking about disability and this is uh, you know, a little bit <laughs> definitely a, a less formal kind of thing, but yeah um so one of the you know, from the very my very first day of like 401 in disability studies class okay um we talked about the difference between impairment and disability which i had no idea about and so where like impairment is more of like the medical condition where like if someone doesn't have a hand or someone is blind um and that's like kind of like that's The impairment. Okay. And then for some folks, and how they distinguish impairment with disability is that very much then connected to one of the models, um, which would be the social model. Okay. So Um, one would only be considered disabled if the environment made it so. And so that would be so also for like a wheelchair user, um, someone who is a wheelchair user, um, the impairment is whatever you know issue or condition with mobility and and their legs right they would be disabled more so if the environment only had stairs right or the environment um was always uh something where you had to be in a more standing position right and so it's like the environment makes you disabled or the people's attitude as well as then the people's attitudes in the environment right. makes someone disabled. And so that was like so eye opening on like the very first like freaking day of class. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh wow, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: You know? And so, um yeah. And so I think the other thing too when I Continue for myself, and then also be in dialogue to think with others about disability. Is that also just be even just like I think the etymology of the word like dis and then ability? Yeah. You know, so like dis is typically really negative, right? right. Like disappointment, disagree, right. <laughs> you know, um, disengaged. It, it's definitely more of that negative, and and then that's also compounded then with. Um, until recently, like really recently, but still um, you know, negative media portrayals or kind of that right. inspiration porn, how they say with um you know, of uh, media and film and and other characters. And so it just really it just so reminds me and is parallel, I think to what we also used to see with LGBTQIA 2s plus. Right, you know, media characters. They're either the villain right, or the insane person right. or the tragic person who commits suicide. Right. And, um, so it's just so one sided and, um, and we just need, you know, a lot more diversity with, with that kind of stuff. So it just kind of like right. compounds in this view of, people with disabilities or disabled people.
0: Right. No, yeah, there is that essentialization, I think, of disabled folks, right, as being reducible to, right, some sort of trope that we we understand folks rather than recognizing necessarily, or often not recognizing disabled people as whole people that with like, mm-hmm. with complicated intersectional identities. No, I think that's right. I, I Yeah, that's certainly something I've seen. Yeah. Listening to Liz talk about the distinction between impairment and disability, the social model of disability, and media representations of disabled folks, let me to ask them about how disability has been and should be integrated into the broader equity movement. Here's that conversation. Yeah. Well, so I, I guess, right, given a little bit, given us a little bit to think about when it comes to how disability is defined, I want to ask you a bit about, like, how, then, is consideration of disability you think better integrated into work about equity right so like for folks who have been maybe thinking about things uh related to equity such as race and or like right like you know making space for lgbt folks uh, right like how does that work better integrate consideration of disability
2: mm-hmm. yeah um i would
0: it's a big question. <laughs> so,
2: yeah, no, it yeah. is a big question. And, um, but you know, so the first thing I think about is just, and I don't, so I don't have these stats, but we just sure. know that, I mean, there are um, more disabled people, you know, are unemployed or sure. not fully employed or not like wholly satisfactorily, like satisfied employed, you know, right. like, they're not doing what they really want to do or also um due to different logistical policies and things like you know like you can't be on disability and right. also work x percent of a job right and so um yeah there's just like i think you know so definitely around employment which i only learned a little sliver um but it just seems like they're really caught mm. like it's either kind of extreme of like no job or, or somewhere in that they um, you know, they're able to be on disability, but yet they still can't be in a, in a really fulfilling job that they want to be due to needing that, that, you know, governmental kind of support. Right. Um So I think about employment with sustainability um, and just, you know, and then, you know, typically what's connected, at least here in, you know, in the United States, right? Like Uh employment, then there's uh, connected to the health insurance. Right. And which then like, yes, as much as. You know, we've talked a little bit then about, like, kind of social aspects with disability, but also there still is, like, the very real tangible thing Mm -hmm. with disability Mm -hmm. on, like, the health and medical,
1: right? Right, right, right.
2: Um, So even if we had ramps galore, you still most likely need some health and medical attention. Right, right. Um, So yeah so when since our health insurance at least like maybe really good health insurance with opportunities and more resources and things like that to access is still really intertwined with a full time working job
1: uh-huh. then
2: then that's also really problematic uh-huh. um, and then I think the other two with i mean and then connect right i mean it's all connected of right right. I, you know, and then with, um, also with food and education. So like, you know, um, and, and also, yeah, community and, and voting. Um, Mm -hmm. I know there's, there's been in the past few years, um, some more efforts around, you know, similar, but different to other underrepresented groups that, you know, like seeing disabled people as a voting block. Right. Um, and um at least many of them not all of them not people with developmental disabilities
1: um mm-hmm.
2: you know still right like not people who have been formerly incarcerated i think um maybe yeah. in, at least in, in most um but uh yeah yeah to you know so to see people with a disability group as having having a history, having an identity or identities, having seen them with communities, um, and seeing them with, with, um, power, you know, having them be empowered, um, to make, to make change. Um, I think is, I mean, I think it's been there, but as other things wax and wane, um, with kind of, collective consciousness um i do think it's gotten a little bit i think it's a little bit more on people's minds lately
0: yeah well i mean and i think the things you describe actually parallel really well with things that uh a lot of folks who are working at the intersection of uh, social justice and environment have recognized as things that need to be addressed Mm -hmm. particularly in like uh Right, right. For like race, for example, right. Like I think we're talking about like having differential access to employment, differential access to like goods and resources, uh, right. Or like something that y- you said kind of really resonates with, with me because I think a lot about like food access, and then mentioning uh, disability and how disability might limit that, right? Like it makes really clear that um, when it comes to food access, one of the biggest barriers is distance and like the availability of of transportation, mm-hmm. right? So like. Food deserts are food deserts most of the time because the, the communities where there are limited, there's limited like access to grocery stores. Folks also have limited access to vehicles, right? To have their own personal cars to drive places to get food, Mm -hmm. which you're right. Then they, there's that double whammy. Um, and and that's certainly true. I think with people with like disabilities that affect movement, right? Mm -hmm. If you have a harder time moving to places, Mm -hmm. uh, anything that limits, right? Your ability to access food because of like distance or transportation there's going to be that much more of a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I know like, uh, and I forget which university, but like, I remember one, and this is really just more around like mobility. And so more like physical Mm -hmm. disabilities, but this one university um, was like on this list of like, you know, the top 10 disability friendly or access friendly um, campuses. And it's because it was one very flat, (laughs) and also all the wings of the university was all like under one roof um they were all connected oh okay and um and i think that that was like the main reason yeah and so um which is so valid and so so needed um Mm -hmm. and you know and and then now though as we you know even before the pandemic, but also even more so with the pandemic, then I guess I'm personally, and then also hopefully professionally with many others too, trying to think of like, okay, but like, and folks who are, we know that our faculty staff and our incoming students and our current students around mental health. And so a lot more, um, with anxiety and depression and, um, you know, suicidal ideation and
1: mm-hmm.
2: self harm. And so, you know, some, you know, I mean, in some ways it's easier to build a ramp,
1: right?
2: you know, it's easier to get an elevator, like in, it's it, kind of <laughs> like,
1: <Right.
2: laughs> Um, so I think just like, but like, you know, some people are like, okay, like I get it. I want to be, I want to increase access. I am empathetic. And what do I do? Right. You know, like, If I'm a faculty member or I'm a staff member and I'm organizing this program or I'm writing this syllabus, what what does it mean to be more accessible for someone who has major depression and anxiety? Right. And so, um, you know, I think just people feel really like out of their you know, definitely out of their area of expertise, but even more so. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
2: like I'm not a therapist. I don't have a PsyD. I'm not a psychiatrist. You know, and so I just right. would, you know, offer like you don't need to be, <laughs> right? Like you don't sure. need to have another PhD to to um, to have these supports. And you know, I think a, a really good friend and colleague, which you know, also just really makes sense and in, in so many areas of disability is we just need Mm
1: -hmm.
2: time and space and flexibility. Like we need, we need a bigger, as they say, kind of that like vehicle traffic metaphor. Like we need a bigger, you know, like on ramp, like, and that's, that all goes into the, the idea about universal design and now universal design and instruction, um, is that we need, um, we need flexibility. We need, you know greater room for quote-unquote error or mm-hmm. you know we need um yeah just more relaxed and that also then connects with like that whole like productivity like high product like you are only uh, right. a good citizen or a good um person if you are highly productive right and so which then connects to capitalism right <laughs> like, So that's why I think, you know, thinking about disability and disabled communities and disability rights and access, like, yeah, it really turns all that stuff on on its head and inside out. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know uh, has made me think, you know, personally and professionally. um, Yeah. You know, what do. How do I communicate that to my supervisors? Right. Um, how do I support that to then my supervisees? Yeah. How do right. I put that into practice with um, with organizing events and programs? Because I definitely, you know, am not at all perfect. Um, and so, sure, uh, you know, along with everything else, but it's, you know, it's necessary.
0: This is a good place to end this episode summarize, in this episode, we've learned a little bit about who Liz Thompson is. Liz also told us a bit about how they understand the phenomenon of disability and about how disability and equity should intersect. More specifically, they talked about the disparities related to income, access to employment, access to healthcare, access to food, and access to the political process that is often experienced by disabled folks. They also discussed the tendency for dominant narratives to fail to recognize that disabled folks are a community that has various sorts of power and capacity. In the next episode of Just Sustainability, we'll continue with the second half of the conversation that I had with Liz Thompson. Thank you for listening to Just Sustainability. If you have enjoyed what you heard, please support this podcast by subscribing and leaving a review. Just Sustainability is recorded with the support of the Institute and the Environment at the University of Minnesota. In particular, I want to thank Peter Levin and Beth Mercer-Taylor for all their help with this show. All the music on Just Sustainability is composed and recorded by Clifton Nesseth, and all the artwork was created by Kristen Nesseth. Thank you again for listening.